Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Well, we have a lot to discuss, don't we? I want to continue looking at how we are fighting back against this fake, another fake, the fourth fake indictment against uh, President Trump with the charges coming out of uh, Georgia and Fannie Willis. We began, obviously, last week talking about this, and uh, certainly those of you that watch this show are hearing a lot of other commentary about all this, talking about it among yourselves. I want to make sure you're aware of this letter from Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, the Committee on the Judiciary and the House of Representatives. You know, they have particular responsibilities and actions that they can carry out and are carrying out in response to this weaponization of government. I want to go into some of the details of that with you tonight because uh, it's uh, both informative and encouraging, and we need to be encouraging our uh, representatives, especially the the chairman of this committee, uh, Congressman Jordan, let him hear from you. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, calling the Capitol uh, switchboard there in, uh, in Washington, 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. Ask for the office of Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. And just thank him for the things you're going to hear here tonight uh, about what he and the rest of his committee are doing. You can talk to your own representative as well and uh, let him or her know of your support for these efforts that we are going to outline. We started reading this letter uh, last week. I, I want to read the rest of it for you tonight and, and really, uh, really uh, 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 give you an overview of this. Let's start, however, with the Word of God. Uh, there's a particularly appropriate uh, prayer here in uh, Psalm 138 that I want to uh, use with you now. As we pray for America, as we pray for President Trump and all his associates, especially the ones who were brought in on this uh, indictment, and, uh, and also all of us who support him and all of those in Congress who are uh, fighting against this uh, weaponization of government, let's, let's include them all in our minds and hearts as we pray. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. You built up strength within me. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty He knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Let us pray. Lord God, we are confident tonight that you have not forsaken us. You do not forsake 
your body, the church, the bride of Christ, you do not forsake America because America was built, Lord God, on your promises and on the faith that our founders had in your word. Lord, we know that we have our faults individually and as a nation. We also know that we trust in your providence as our founders expressed in the very Declaration of Independence. Our trust in your providence and our appeal to you as the supreme judge of the world. Lord, when we see injustice all around us, when we see injustice and tyranny getting their claws into our judicial system, into our prosecutorial system, well then, Lord God, we, we turn to you and we ask you to set us free from this tyranny. Purify us of this weaponization. Right now, we the body of Christ, call down your spirit to accomplish this even now. We have people, Lord God, as we will discuss tonight, who are striking back. We have people who are fighting back. We have people in Congress who are taking action. And all of us as citizens of this great nation, angered justly as we are by this mistreatment, not just of President Trump and his associates, but by extension of all of us, Lord, we are insulted because this is an assault on our freedom, on the liberty that so many have fought for. We too will speak up. We too will take action. We too will inform our fellow citizens. We too will communicate with our elected officials to do everything possible to stop this evil. And Lord God, we will activate. We will work hard to activate our fellow citizens to get to the voting booths and bring a massive victory for freedom in 2024. This is what we pray for. This is what we commit ourselves again to work for in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. So, they did this with Alvin Bragg. The Congress inquired of him, what are you doing? Okay, on a state level, you're interfering with federal matters. And what are you doing? Are you using federal money to do this? Because think about it. We've been looking at one, one indictment after another, Alvin Bragg and two by Jack Smith and now Fannie Willis. We knew they were all coming. We laid it out and talked about it before they happened. And we know and we have known from the beginning that these are unconstitutional, illegal acts. These are acts of weaponization of government that are just plain wrong. So, Jim Jordan and the Republican members of Congress, the Judiciary Committee, went to Alvin Bragg, posed these questions. Now, Bragg sued them, but they won in court, and they were able to, uh, Congress has a role, as we will see in more detail here in this letter, a role to play here. And in fact, indeed, federal monies were used by Bragg in what he is doing there in New York. So the questions were asked now of Fannie Willis there in Georgia in a letter dated August 24th, this past Thursday. And they, they boil down to three questions. Did you collude with the Biden administration in doing this, the Department of Justice, etc.? Number two, did you have communication with Jack Smith? Did you guys kind of, you know... Uh, strategize together, compare notes. And then number three, what about the federal money? Because think about it. We've looked at these things. 
We know that they're wrong. And if they're so wrong and unconstitutional and uh, essentially these are the insurrection and disrespect for democracy and destruction of democracy actions, not the things that the left is making up and accusing President Trump of. If this is the case, why should we pay for it? Right? Congress needs to be asked, if in fact this is illegal and unconstitutional activity, why should our tax dollars go to help make this happen? If these prosecutors are using our money one of the things we can do to fight back is to stand up and say, no, you won't. And Congress controls the allocation of federal funds. So with that in mind, let's look in detail here at, um, you know, some, some, sometimes the commentary, you know, takes the broad 50,000 foot view. You know, well, we want to go into the weeds here a little bit because there are important lessons there that shape that 50,000 foot view and help us to talk about this with our fellow citizens. We read the first page of the letter where uh, Congressman Jordan says to uh, Fannie Willis, uh, look, uh, you know, you've brought about this accusation of a criminal enterprise. You've identified, you know, and it's, it's sort of like an LOL thing here. It's like, look how ridiculous this is. Um, the president tweets out to people, hey, watch Newsmax, watch OAN, look at the, the hearings coming out of Georgia. It's like, you got to be kidding me. This is, this is nothing but free speech. So he says, you know, both the actions and also the timing of these actions and also your own campaign activities, campaigning on, oh, we're going to investigate President Trump, raise the suspicions in a lot of our fellow citizens that this is nothing but politics. In fact, brothers and sisters, anybody who doesn't see how political this is, really there's something wrong with them. I mean, they've got to, they've got to start thinking. They've got to start opening their eyes. But he puts this formally to her in this letter, you know, and then about the timing. This is where we left off the other night. You wait two and a half years. We're talking about here actions that were taken in 2020 and 2021. You're going to wait two and a half years and just drop all this stuff in the middle of a presidential election and then call for a really, really quick uh, uh, trial unreasonably fast. And this is why the Trump attorneys will, as we said, file all kinds of motions to delay these, these uh, trials. And uh, I think it'll be quite doable for them to delay them uh, well till well after the presidential election of next year. But he brings this up. He says, now you want to drop this trial or have this trial the day before Super Tuesday, March 4th? Can it be any, if you tried to make it more blatantly political, is there any other way to do so? The day before Super Tuesday, were you unaware that it was the day before Super Tuesday? And if not, how stupid do you think we are that you just... You just do this. How stupid do you think we are? You see what the bottom line is, brothers and sisters? A lot of these people, they, they know full well that we see what they're doing. They don't care. Don't think that they have any PR concerns. They've got no PR concern, and that's why we shouldn't either. There's no, this is not some kind of PR game. Oh, let's see who could take the moral high ground. These are enemies of America. And so it's not no longer any kind of a question of, oh, let's see what looks right. Let's see what, you know, is going to convey the, the moral high ground. This is war. 
So these people are doing this with blatant arrogance. That's why they don't care. How, you're, gonna, you want, you're calling for a trial on the day before Super Tuesday. Are you kidding me? And it's like, no, they're not kidding. And they know how it looks. And they're not even trying to hide it. And they don't care about the optics. This is not a battle of optics. This is a battle for America. This is a battle for our freedom. And so they do this because they believe they have the power and, 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 and they want to shove it in our faces. So we've got to stand up and fight back here. Okay, so this is part of what this letter is. That they're taking action here in the Congress to shed light on these political uh, motivations here. Now, by the way, the timing of the grand jury indictment itself, you saw the fiasco, and this has to be investigated further, too. And, and Jordan brings it up in this letter. Uh, let me just read the sentence again. The Fulton County Superior Court's clerk publicly released a list of criminal charges against President Trump reportedly hours before the vote of the grand jury. I mean, this is unheard of. Why all the rush? Why all this Monday night rush and the late press conference and whatnot? Because according to Newt Gingrich, and he said that this is yet to be confirmed, but he heard it on good authority that a phone call was placed into the uh, DA's uh, office from Washington Friday saying you got to give down, you got to bring da uh, the indictment out on Monday. Why? To cover up all the, the negativity that's coming out of the, the Hunter Biden and David Weiss uh, uh, nonsense that we've talked about here before as well. So in other words, you see the same pattern. Everything's, every time something comes out against President Trump, it's following immediately on the heels of some bad news about the Biden corruption family. Again, can it be any more blatant? No, it can't. And they don't care anymore. That's what we've got to understand. They don't care anymore. So we have to stop caring about, oh, well, but how's this going to look? How's it? Don't worry about how things are going to look, how things are going to sound. We fight back and we defeat these people. Okay, so interesting to see what else is going to come out about that phone call from Washington trying to puppet string this whole uh, uh, action against President Trump. They're concerned about the law. Yeah, my foot. They're not concerned about anything regarding the law. They're concerned about power. Let's continue reading this letter here. Moreover, this indictment and prosecution implicate several significant federal interests. Okay, remember, this is all this this the Georgia and the New York are coming out of the state level. The Jack Smith, Washington, DC, the Mar-a-Lago documents down in well combination of D.C. and Miami, right? And then the January 6th prosecution coming out of Washington, D.C. That's federal level. New York, Alvin Bragg, the, 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 the disgrace up there in New York and the disgrace down in Fulton County, Georgia, uh, Fannie Willis. These are coming out of state level. All right. So the Congress here is, is raising the appropriate question. Hey, wait a minute. There's, there's, we're the federal level, and you're getting your hands into some federal stuff that raises a number of important questions. Let's read the letter. First, the indictment appears to be an attempt to use state criminal law to regulate the conduct of federal officers acting in their official capacities. In Count 22, for example, the indictment seeks to criminalize under Georgia law internal deliberations within DOJ. 
including a meeting where a former DOJ official, one of those indicted is a former DOJ official, requested formal authorization from his superiors to take an official act. Well, what's a state-level DA doing interfering in the, uh, in the actions of an internal Department of Justice uh, official? And, the letter goes on, in count one, the indictment seeks to criminalize under Georgia law the White House chief of staff, arranging meetings and phone calls for the president. What does Georgia have to do with that? It goes on, there are also aspects of the indictment that give rise to questions about whether your office is seeking to criminalize under Georgia law certain speech of federal officers, including the president, that is protected by the First Amendment, especially given the potential for states to target certain federal officials. Such indictments implicate core federal interests. It goes on. When states rely on acts like these, apparently taken in connection with official duties, to criminally prosecute federal officers, it raises serious concerns under the supremacy clause of the Constitution. Federal interests, state interests, the supremacy clause of the Constitution gives supremacy to certain federal actions and powers over those of the states certain in certain ways. Supremacy clause of the Constitution poses a threat to the operations of the federal government. The threat of future state prosecution for official acts. Now, here's a key point that we have to understand and help our fellow citizens understand. May dissuade federal officers from effectively performing their official duties and responsibilities. Congress has long been sensitive to the threat that such state prosecutions can pose to the operations of the federal government. For example, to protect the very basic interest in the enforcement of federal law through federal officials, federal law permits any federal officer to remove to federal court a state prosecution that relates to any act under color of such offices. And some of those indicted have already begun to do this. Say, hey, we don't, we don't have to deal with state courts here. We're, but this has to be handled on the federal level. But the point is so important, you know, this reasons why we treat the president different from other citizens. Because the president has unique obligations and responsibilities towards all the citizens. We have to understand, you know, the left likes to say, oh, yeah, we're going to treat everybody equally. That's absurd. Yes, everybody, yeah, well, equal treatment under the law in the sense that you don't, you know, f pursue one person because you say he committed certain crimes and then somebody else is suspected of the same kind of crimes and you ignore them. Yeah, equality in that sense. There's no two standards of justice. But when they try to say, oh, well, we're going to treat President Trump exactly the same way we treat any other criminal coming in here, you know, this idea of the, the mugshot and everything, you really think, you know what, you know why mugshots are taken, right? Yeah, well, but maybe people won't recognize who this person is, or we better help them to recognize the person in case they see him, or maybe he's a flight risk. For President Trump, the most photographed person in the country, the most well-known face in the world, are you kidding? Again, you have to be stupid to go along with stuff like that. But the point here is this. We treat the president differently in many respects because he has unique, different obligations to the entire country.
Federal officials, and not just the president, but the others implicated here, have to be able to have the conversations they need to have, get the information they need to possess, get the details they need to carry out their work on behalf of you and me and the rest of the American people without the fear resting always on their shoulders that they're going to somehow be punished in the future for taking those actions. We're not talking about, oh, you can't murder, you can't steal, everybody's under those laws. We're talking about the exercise of official duties here, and that's where Fannie Willis is getting her fingers in the midst of stuff that she has no business meddling in, and, this, and things that these federal officials have the perfect right to say. Oh, let's, let's uh, uh, make a call, let the, let the president make a call with the Secretary of State of Georgia because you know, the election is so close, we've got some questions we wanna ask. That is perfectly legal to do. And somehow they're trying to make that into a crime. Phone calls arranged between the Chief of Staff and the President of the United States. The point is, let them do their job. Stop second-guessing later on whether things they said to one another or said to other state officials were somehow appropriate or not. Just like they try to get their hands in, in, into attorney-client privilege. So that now attorneys don't feel that they have the freedom to advise their clients with the full truth and with all their options, worrying that later some district attorney is going to second-guess them on what they said and they're going to have to defend it in court. We can't have this kind of thing happening. All right, the letter goes on to another uh, uh, substantial federal interest. Jim Jordan writes, and again, for those of you that are just joining us, this is a letter dated this past Thursday, the day that, that President Trump uh, was uh, processed in Georgia, of Jim Jordan, from the head of the Judiciary Committee in Congress, writing to this Fannie Willis disgrace from Georgia. He says, second, the indictment charges of a former president of the United States and the federal government has a substantial interest in, uh, and the federal government has a substantial interest in the welfare of former presidents. Under federal law, former presidents are entitled. Now, again, this is expanding on what I said a moment ago. We don't treat presidents the same as everybody else because they have unique duties. Formal, former presidents are entitled to funding for an office staff, suitable office space, appropriately furnished and equipped, a substantial lifetime federal pension, travel, front, travel funds, mail privileges, they have secret service protection. Thus, Congress may probe whether former presidents are being subjected to politically motivated state investigations and prosecutions due to the policies they advanced as president. So Jordan is saying, hey, you're on our territory here. And because there's such a clear evidence of a politically motivated persecution in this prosecution, we're raising some legitimate questions that we expect answers to. We've got to thank these guys for doing this. Again, I want to encourage you to call the Capitol switchboard, 202-224-3121. Ask, they'll connect you to the office of Congressman Jim Jordan. And just leave the message that you appreciate him looking into Fannie Willis, challenging her, asking her these questions, and putting a stop to this state-level prosecution of federal officials who are just trying to do their jobs. The letter goes on. 
And if so, what legislative remedies may be appropriate? Okay, so they're flexing their congressional muscle here. They say, you know what, we, can, we write laws here in the Congress. And if we see abuses going on here, we can take some legislative remedies. To the extent that presidents fear they may be subject to politically motivated prosecutions after they leave office, this could impact the policies they choose to pursue while in office. You see, the point here is let's get the burden off of the president and others who work closely with him that somehow may adversely affect their judgment. Their judgment has to be focused on one thing. What is best for the American people? And this is what President Trump always says. He says, look, I'm free from obligations to mega donors. Remember how he would always talk in his rallies? And I'm sure we'll hear it again as the 2024 cycle continues, uh, where he would say, hey, I could have called up this person or that person, gotten millions of dollars of help. He says, but I didn't do that because I know that then should I get elected, that same person will be on the phone with me saying, oh, well, here, do me this favor or, or, or adjust this policy this way or that way or veto that legislation or sign this other, or give me this executive order as a payback. As a favor, he doesn't want to be beholden to any of those special interests or elite people. He wants to be beholden only to the American people. This kind of behavior by these state prosecutors can throw a, a, a monkey wrench, an unfair burden, a needless a a anxiety to the president and those who are advising him. If they've got to be looking into the future and saying, hey, any state DA can, uh, you know, start saying that I committed a crime in the, in the exercise of my, my official duties. Let me read the sentence again. To the extent that presidents fear that they may be subject to politically motivated prosecutions after they leave office, this could impact the policies they choose to pursue while in office. And because this former president is also a current candidate for that office, the indictment implicates yet another core federal interest, a presidential election. Third, because Congress appropriates federal funds. Okay, so this picks up what I was saying a moment ago. Why would we be paying for this stuff if it's an unconstitutional weaponization of government, right? Let's stop the payment. And this is what you want to also reinforce with, your, with all your, your representatives in Congress, whoever they are, not just Jim Jordan's office. Call your representative. Again, 202-224-3121 is the congre congressional switchboard. And say, look, I don't want any federal funding for these uh, 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 prosecutions of President Trump. I want no, no money of mine going to this stuff because it's wrong. It's the unconstitutional use of, of power. It's prosecutorial misconduct. It's election interference. It's a lot of things. So because Congress appropriates federal funds that are distributed to local law enforcement agencies, it has an interest in overseeing how Fulton County District Attorney's Office has used such funds. Good for you, Congressman Jordan. Good for you. Ask her, demand an accounting of the money just like you did of Alvin Bragg, including whether it was, has expended any federal dollars on this investigation. On this investigation. As a federal court recently explained, quote, there can be no doubt that Congress may permissibly investigate the use of federal funds, particularly where the result of the investigation might prompt Congress 
to pass legislation concerning how, uh, changing how such funds are appropriated or may be spent. You see, by invoking this, again, Jordan is sing signaling, hey, we're not just going to investigate, we're going to legislate if necessary. Fourth, there are questions, here's another whole uh, 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 arena, about whether and how your office coordinated with DOJ Special Counsel Jack Smith. Hey, Jack! During the course of this investigation, Jack and Fanny, hey, what kind of what kind of meetings, what kind of conversation? You want to talk about phone calls? Let's hear the phone calls that the two of you had. These people are a disgrace. Congress has an interest in any such activity that involves federal law enforcement agencies and officials that fall under its oversight. News outlets have reported that your office and Mr. Smith, quote, interviewed many of the same witnesses. Oh, and reviewed much of the same evidence, end of quote, in reaching your decision to indict President Trump. The House Committee on the Judiciary thus may investigate whether federal law enforcement agencies or officials were involved in your investigation or indictment. It may also investigate whether DOJ raised any concerns about how your investigation impacted federal interests, like the president carrying out his duties with his chief of staff, like internal discussions in the Department of Justice, like a presidential election and interfering with it. Did the DOJ, he's asking Fannie Willis, indicate to you any concerns that what you're doing steps on the toes of federal interests? And if so, whether and how those concerns were resolved. Given the weighty federal interests at stake, the committee is conducting oversight of this matter to determine whether any legislative reforms are appropriate or necessary. Such reforms could include changes to the federal officer removal statute, immunities for federal officials, the permissible use of federal funds, the authorities of special counsels, and the delineation of prosecutorial authority between federal and local officials. This is so great. You see what they're saying here? It says, watch out, Fanny, because we can, we can get in there and we can put some boundaries up here. We can put up some fences here. You're going to fool around with Jack Smith here and, and collude together in your Democrat obsessive anti-Trump derangement syndrome and, 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 try to, and try to weaponize the government. We can step in as Congress and we can do something about that. Jack Smith, this is a warning to Jack Smith too. Federal officer removal statute, immunities, authorities of special counsel, Jack Smith, some of your authority might be cut. You begin misusing it. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace. We, we, we talked in a, in, a, in, a, in a previous program about the, how he was humiliated by a unanimous decision of the Supreme Court against him some years ago out of that Virginia case. Oh my goodness. So in the bottom line here is, he's asking Fannie Willis for all documents, communications, um, uh, use of federal funds, communication with the DOJ, communication with Jack Smith. This is, this is, um, this is great. 
This is great. Again, let's thank him. Let's thank the Judiciary Committee, uh, 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. Let your, your voice be heard. This is one way that we can fight back against this. we got to strengthen our Republican friends in Congress. Yes, you know, they, we got a lot of dissatisfaction with Congress. Yes, we got a lot of dissatisfaction with a lot of these people. Uh, but, but Jim Jordan is, is, is doing the right thing here. And it, listen, we've got to have their backs. We've got to back them up. We've got to let our voices be, be known. And tell your own representative, no federal funds to these investigations because these specific investigations are unconstitutional. They are a weaponization of government. They're illegal, not to mention unfair and immoral. And that brings us back to the word of God. We prayed in the psalm. On the day I called, you answered me, O God. You increased the strength of my soul. The Lord regards the lowly, but the proud, the arrogant, the haughty, he knows from afar. God doesn't tolerate the kind of arrogance that these Democrats are showing. So let's go back to prayer and ask him to appropriately humble them. Lord, humble the enemies of America. Stop the actions of those in positions of prosecutorial power who are abusing that power. Lord, we are people of law and order. We support the, the system of law and order that we've been given in this great republic. But we oppose the abuse of that authority. We respect authority, Lord God. We do not respect the abuse of authority. And we ask you to stop it. We ask you to protect our our hard-earned tax dollars from going to the to literally the destruction of the rule of law. That's what's happening here. Thank you, Lord, that we are aware of this. Thank you that we have a voice. Thank you that we can pick up the phone and let our voices be heard by our elected representatives. Thank you, Lord, that we can do something about this, that we can fight back, that we can make this real and also fight back in the voting booth. Lord, these people must be removed from power the Biden administration must not be allowed to have another term. Lord God, we ask you, please, right now, we ask you, prevent that from happening. Not just the Biden administration, but any Democrat administration is going to be steeped in this corruption. So prevent it from happening, Lord God. We pray for one another as well, all our needs and intentions, and we come before you now with the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you, friends, for joining me on Praying for America. Thank you to Right Side Broadcasting Network. Follow me on social media, friends. Fr Frank Pavone is my address on all the Major platforms starting with Truth Social, FR Frank Pavone. Let's stay connected and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.